Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Wide Men Can Jump on the Wide Men Radio Network, located at blogtalkradio.com slash widemencantjump. We're brought to you by the law offices of Stephen P. New, wowfreecam.com, and facebook.com slash makeupkennedy. You can check us out anywhere and everywhere you find podcasts. Now, for the host of your flagship program, here's Tom Robinson and Nate Bush. What is up? It's another Wednesday, and that means it is Wide Men Can't Jump back at it again. I am Nate Bush. I am the host of this fantastic program, and I'm joined this week by, of course, my co-host, from the great white north, the one and only man from just north of Calcy to the west of Edmonton, Kim Dombroke. Good day, gentlemen. How is everything today? Doing good, but don't forget, we are also joined this week by the original Greek freak himself, Tom Robinson. Tom Papa Nikolai, or whatever he wanted to call himself last week. <laughs> Papa is back with us again. Papadopoulos. Papadopoulos, that was it. Yowza, yowza, yowza. And uh, a little a little mistake there. I'm not uh, a Greek freak in a sense because uh, it's an alias Papadopoulos, so I can meet one Giannis Antetokounmpo or whatever fuck his name is. But uh, when he comes to town, but I like some some ass play myself, like the Greek brethren out there. So maybe I will take the moniker. Well, if that's how you like to party, that's one thing, and keep your personal life to yourself. Uh, before oh, we get into the, going this is a basketball to podcast. Sorry. <laughs> before we get into uh, anything too deep here, um, I mean breaking news, literally. Um, just he just said he, he said too up. deep. Yeah, too deep. deep. <laughs> anyway, but uh, breaking news: uh, Victor Oladipo uh, has left the court on a stretcher, apparently, um, in his game tonight. Not sure what happened, but apparently it was significant enough to where he got taken off on a stretcher. I am scouring right now. Um, to see what exactly happened, to see if maybe there's a replay. Uh, apparently, it's a knee injury. From the look, I'm, I'm looking at the video now. Oh, let's uh, let's let me see if we can get a better look at it here. Um, he's running down court and he's trying to catch up to uh, Pascal Siakam. And he is down, and he is letting them know that he is badly hurt. So I don't know if they show the replay here. Let's see if I can get a better look at it, just to kind of give you guys an update on what's going on with him, because this could be huge in terms of the league right now. And, ooh! Yeah, he may have torn something uh, in that knee. So scary situation. Hope Victor Oladipo is okay. Yeah, that is huge. But first and foremost, uh, let's hope Victor is uh, okay. 
there's been some gruesome injuries that we've seen in the last couple of years, and let's hope it's not nothing like that because great player. Uh, all reports a good dude, so hopefully he's okay. Well, when is the All Star game exactly now? Uh, let me let me dive. Let me find that, that real quick here. Is that still uh, a ways off yet? It's in February. Um, okay, so it's it's not a it's not a, a veiled attempt to get out of All Star Weekend or anything like that. <laughs> no, I, I very much doubt that. Uh, February seventeenth. February seventeenth okay, is the All Star right. so game. Way too early for the phantom injuries to pop up. No, no, Tim. The referee gave the X sign, so we know it's real. <laughs> <laughs> you know well what's sad that I look for that? Well I look for that now, like every week uh, when somebody goes down. I'm like, all right, do they throw in the X? They throw in the X. They're going to have to find a new signal because everyone's on to that one. Yeah. Now, that screws but, my number one seed in the event that it's a serious injury, but, uh, you know, yeah, uh, we, I'll joke around and I'll. Go ahead. I'll I'm make sorry. poor taste. I'll make jokes in poor taste and so forth. But you know, that's why we wanted to put out there first. We hope he's good. You know, collectively. Yeah. yeah no. Well. Don't don't, don't want to see anybody. Don't want to see anybody get hurt, especially. Yeah, because right the, now the, the knee is uh, not a good one. The Pacers are third in the East right now, and they're playing the number two in the East right now, and they are winning. They're up by nine. Right now, as we head to halftime. I actually have that game on my television as we speak. Uh, so far, uh, all uh, all credit due to Indiana. They play, have played better than Toronto so far. I actually took Indiana uh, in the picks this week. Uh, Toronto's on a back-to-back on the road. So, I think that's a tough one to ask anybody to try to do. Hey, I got to go, uh, go into business for myself again. Uh, while I'm thinking of it, before you start the actual program, uh, go ahead. Did the Sixers did the Sixers line change, or was it known that um, Jimmy Butler's out with a sore wrist? I didn't see. I, I checked the line earlier this uh, today. Uh, the opening line for the game was at find it minus four and a half. Later the day when it's still Philly minus three. Okay, uh, I I would say, believe it or not, uh, coming from me, this is a shocker. With Jimmy Butler hurt, team seems to step up when they're in Philly, and it is in Philly, and it's a revenge game. Uh, I think they're going to slaughter the Spurs. That's just uh, that's just me. I stayed away from that. Game, All right, so I'll just tell you I'm that. Done. But I'm done. But well, let's go ahead and since we're already here and you've already brought it up, let's talk 76ers because you've. Uh, You've been catching up and really t- paying attention to your guys as of late, and uh, you've been kind of giving us a little bit of a breakdown. What's going on in Sixer World, TR? What are you seeing? What do you like? What do you not like? You know, there's not a lot of not liking, believe it or not, and coming from me, that's rare. Um, there's a there's a notion that the team has somewhat bought into Brett Brown's defensive scheme. Um they, the the game against OKC, albeit in a losing effort, if they made like one tenth of their free throws that they missed, they'd have won that game without the four point play from Paul George. But it was a badass game, competitive. Uh, you know, Harden. I think the league is, you know, giving Harden carte blanche to get some attention to the league with this, you know, thirty game streak or whatever the fuck he's doing. 
but they had Corey Brewer basically falling on them, and you know they were they held them in check and they demolished the Rockets, who I you know from from the jump have never felt as a threat to any you know title, legitimate chance of winning a title. Uh, but they're a good team. They squashed them. They beat Indianapolis, a healthy Indianapolis on the road. And uh, I really, you know, as I said last week, I'm, I'm really starting to like Joel Embiid. He's starting to back up some of the bullshit he talked. And if you're backing it up, I mean, it's a long season. you got to do it in the playoffs. But, you know, he's coming to play every night, and he is just – I'll tell you, it was a surprise, though, on the topic. Um, Steven Adams gave him the hardest time as opposed to Cat and some of the bigger names. Drummond, he always dominates, and he dominated Anthony Davis. Steven Adams was right there pushing back. So that's a nice matchup, believe it or not. You wouldn't think that, you know, if you were naming the centers around the league, but Adams is a tough guy. And uh, But other than that, Embiid's been, been a stud, and uh, Butler is a presence whether you like him or not, you got to watch out. He'll come out and make a key steal or something. Simmons seems to drive more now and apparently is okay with being the four. I think they're at home. They're a strong team. The road, I mean, that's a big mystery still. But I'm pretty happy overall. Either I'm on crack or they're playing better. <laughs> well, well, we talked about. We talked about – I know, Tim, it's kind of disappointing. We didn't get that, that TR rage we were looking for. We need the TR rage. But no. I was waiting for him to bring up that they crushed the Timberwolves as well, but he didn't bring it up. Man. We talked I did. About that I forgot that. We talked about that last year. week. We talked about that last okay. week. We, saw, we all saw it. We all know. Let's move on, okay? Uh, the um, One thing I wanted to bring up about the Sixers that, that it was really – making the rounds in the news as of late was uh, the Russell Westbrook, Joel Embiid, uh, kind of a incident, as you would say. Uh, there was a lot of uh, trash talk, a little bit of back and forth on the court. And uh, let's hear what Westbrook and Embiid had to say about that. Let's, let's take a listen. Uh, I don't think he just landed on me. He had a little extra to it. Oh, man. You know what I'm saying? But it's okay. Yeah, you guys are cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't know. I think I was going for the block and um think he lost the ball, but I was already in the air and uh, I don't know what, uh, uh, why he was mad. I have no idea, but he's always in his feelings, so I have no idea. Well, there you go. Westbrook says, no, fuck no, they're not good. And uh, Joel Embiid basically saying Russell Westbrook's in his feelings. So that's the update on that. I don't know what he's mad about. I only stepped on him with my 280-pound foot. <laughs> Basically, that was yeah, pretty good. He, he, he landed. Uh, I know the play in question, and oh, God, he, he landed. That was, that was really good. I'm, I'm very, very, very proud of you. It's the first time I've, it's the first time I've ever tried a Joe Allen beat. Maybe I've got That's something. Pretty like good. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, the arm Nah, he, he uh, the play in question. If you look at the slowdown, he uh, Russell's correct. He he added a little when they reached the ground, a little shove to give it a little extra gravity. Um, 
but I mean that's Westbrook. He and that's Embiid. That they, they they're shit talkers, and you know it's it's good for mm-hmm. basketball. It's good for the league as long as nobody got hurt. So. Yeah. You know? I think and, too uh, you, when you touched on it that when he talks to talk, uh, he he he's he, he's playing well enough right now to talk and do that shit and get away with it. Yeah, um, I, I I mean it'd be a wet dream for me. I don't know how the rest of our listening audience thinks, but for that to be the NBA final, just so we could have some real fucking basketball again and no, you know millennial shit some old school stuff but you know that's a long way you're such a, you're such a crusty old man damn it oh, <laughs> yeah what, what i wouldn't give for a, a couple of good brawls to bust out of nba finals that'd be yeah, beautiful person you know shit, that'd be wonderful we, we we look back on on some of the things in the past that we love like we we all are, are big fans of old school sports where you know guys don't hate each other uh, nowadays, and we kind of don't like that. Here is something I noticed. Someone posted the other day, you know, a lot of people were getting on to the buddy-buddy of the NBA right now and how everybody gets together and forms teams, and they're all friends, and they hug after games, and yada, yada, yada. Uh, Somebody said, back in the day, Jordan used to have dinner with Barkley. They would hang out, so you need to get on to Jordan for doing it, too. And... Um, for all this, here's here's the the point in question. Those guys can have dinner all they want. I don't care if your buddy's outside the court. When you're on that court, you shouldn't want to be out there with your buddies. You should be trying to win. And not saying these players don't, but they just kind of it kind of almost feels like they're more con- they don't want to hurt any feelings instead of going in and really trying to just dominate and take over. You want to tell me as good a friend as Charles and, and Shaq are now, as you watch them on TV, remember those guys, they were in a major fist fight right on television at one yeah, point. Yeah. Uh, the only time any of those guys would go to hug another guy was when it involved putting a knife in his back. Yeah. So except I, for I, Magic I and I, Isaiah. Except for and, Magic and, and Isaiah. They hated each other. <laughs> they hated each other. Oh, well, well, I mean, in the beginning, they they actually kissed prior to games, but yeah. Um, uh, but we don't want to bring up old. Uh, oh yeah, that, that's going into a whole other realm. That's just like that. Old viruses. I mean, old. Careful, if I'll be <laughs> careful if I'm Isaiah. Chase. But the the whole point yeah, is the NBA is missing that high high They're level competition. Gone. Yeah, it's just gone. You, there was a time when you, somebody would take them off. Jesus, they barely take the ball to the hoop anymore. But when they did, you were almost kind of waiting. Is somebody going to, like, clobber him? And what's going to happen if he does clobber him? And now that doesn't that just doesn't happen. Yeah, uh, I mean, we don't want to turn this into uh, the old-school wrestling uh, conversation, but – there were some aspects for sure that I that I fondly remember that don't exist today. But other parts yeah, of the I game mean, have changed for the better too. So there there is that too. Yeah. There's just so much. Damn it, if you like three pointers and score and you love the NBA these days. Yeah, there there's yeah, an absolutely. emphasis now on jump shooting more so than there is on anything else. Um the best player there the, the guy that everyone's looking up to is 
the little like you know he's not barely six foot tall and he just shoots the ball he shoots the lights out of it I mean if you would have told me a guy maybe a little smaller than Isaiah Thomas who couldn't get to the rim and didn't have a mean streak was going to be the guy that all the kids were looking up to back when I was young I'd have called you crazy I said no there's no way then he looked like a black version of Papa Smurf (laughs) cheap just saying. Well, well like All right, fair enough. How about, I how think, about I, would you be happier I think, if I no. said he looked more like an Amish guy? Would that be better? I think I think I think we're talking about two different people. I think you're discussing James Harden, and we're discussing Correct. Steph Curry. Here. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm talking Steph Curry. No, 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 no. James Harden is the man right now. Steph Curry. Who cares about Steph Curry? He's old news. Well, that brings me to our next point. Uh, I did want to bring it up. This brings me to this point and right here. This is a this is a, a topic that's been and people have asked me um, in my personal life. They've been like, "Hey, who do you think is the MVP right now?" And we kind of <laughs> touched on it uh, a week, a couple weeks ago. And we, we kind of touched oh, on it with Jeff, and we gave our opinions. Let's see what's changed. TR, if you had to pick an MVP right now, who would you give that crown to? My boy Giannis. Fuck Harden. Tim? I'm going to go right off the off the trail. and uh, Well, I got two, actually. I would give it to Leonard if he played all the time, but he doesn't. So he can't get MVP. Uh, right now, I'm kind of leaning towards Embiid. Really? Not a bad pick. Not a bad pick. No, I'm kind of leaning towards him. That guy's running that show over there. Without him, what 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 are the Seventy uh, Sixers if he doesn't play? Losing record. I would say so. Um, I'm going to go with Giannis as well, and it's weird. We got a hoop show here where all three guys pick MVP and they don't pick James Harden, which is kind of surprising. Because right now, that's the consensus. Does does his stats not feel empty? Does it not feel like empty stats? Didn't we go through watching him just like is empty too? You just don't get much of a thrill watching him play. I, I don't. I don't enjoy watching him. No, I guess I guess there's a market out there that, that that does, but for me, if I'm like Rockets versus somebody who doesn't have another musty guy like Giannis or Joel Embiid or you know LeBron, well, I don't want to watch it. I don't want to watch him dribble between his legs and step back and score thirty for no reason well, and lose well, by twenty. Yeah, and he scores thirty, but half of them are from the. I mean, how exciting is it watched a guy throw shoot free throws? Exactly. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's not MVP material, at least it isn't in my book anyway. And that's boring. I mean, the referees oh, are bailing him out quite a bit. So, I mean, you know. Well, even if, uh, even if they didn't, but, I mean, his, his 40 points a night, well, okay, that's wonderful. But when 17 of them are from the free throw line, kind of really – well, it's not exciting basketball anyway. At least it isn't for me. Well, you know, a few uh, weeks ago it's, he had – It's a bit – go ahead. Go ahead, T.R. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. I was, I was going to say it's a, it's a, it's a bit hip, hypocritical coming from me, but 
I would be very much happy to watch one Ben Simmons have his free throw uh, accuracy and attempts, but that's another story. Go ahead, Nate. I was just going to say a few weeks ago, Harden scored 40 points on eight made field goals. So think about that for a minute. He only made eight jump shots in the whole game, but he somehow had 40 points. That's just not exciting. It slows the game down. It's not, it's not interesting to me to watch James Harden, who, who travels constantly. If you don't think he's traveling, you just don't understand basketball because he's traveling. That step back is a travel. That's three steps. I don't. Everybody goes, oh, it's a gather step, Nate. It's a gather step. Fuck your gather step. That's a travel. A gather step is a step, which is a travel. That's one, two, three. Gather step, travel, boom. You don't like it? Kiss my ass. That's a travel. Now, the other thing is he runs in and he initiates contact in the paint every single time. Now, he's one of the best ball handlers in the league, and nobody could probably guard him one-on-one, especially when he's allowed to travel, but that's another point. He, travel, he goes into the, into the paint. And just falls. He just, like, does a jump and just, like, okay, now let me fall face first into the canvas here. Not really the canvas. Well, I'm talking wrestling. Onto the court here. And let me get a foul call. And he gets it every single time because the referees are constantly bailing him out. And and everyone says, well, he's just using the rules. What? Getting bailed out by officials? That's not using the rules. That's initiating contact and the ref's just blowing the whistle. Because he makes it look, and he's just flopping everywhere. He should be getting fined $40,000 every game, but they're not doing it. I don't know. It's just like the league wants James Harden to be a big deal. Because they called the travel well, that, that Harden did. Harden does the step back. They called it on Steph Curry. They called him for a travel. I said, fine. If you're going to call it on Steph Curry, you call it on James Harden too. End of rant. That edition of Burning Bush was brought to you by. <laughs> was brought to you by. Just a faucet. <laughs> oh, God. Just a process. <laughs> and, uh, now, that, now that the process has failed miserably and all his supporters kind of shut up about it. Um, no, man. He, no, now, no, no. He's bringing it up now. He's hashtagging no, stuff. Trust the process. I, I, I know. His his league wide because that was a national game against OKC and his little vignette they said Joel's nickname is the process so I mean they can't just let that fucking word go to Tony Roten created and 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 none of them remember winless for Wiggins winless for Wiggins they wanted Andrew Wiggins and then all of a sudden the hurt guy from Kansas that nobody knew was a big if but the big if was if he's healthy, he will be a big stud. But it was a big if, and they act like, you know, Sam Hankey. But anyway, you got a little bit of a rant out of me. I love Not the bad. guy, but oh, I love the guy, player. but the process got to go away. He's a great player, but he still hasn't, like, because there again, you and I both curmudgeonly old farts. Uh, he has not earned the right to talk as much shit as he does yet. One day he might, the way he's gone, but he hasn't earned it yet. I'm leaning towards his side because he is producing what he says. In that, you know, he said oh, 27 quick, a game. Yeah. He's quickly getting there. There's no two ways around that because so far he's or lately he's been uh, pretty much unstoppable. Yeah. So back to burning bush. <laughs> well, that was just you know something I wanted to look at, but. Now I'm going to talk about my team for a second because I can do that. Uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves 
after that just humiliating and crippling and the loss that caused me to want to go into uh, the bedroom and hide for a while uh, a few weeks ago, that was a, it was a rough one whenever Minnesota played against Philadelphia. Their very next game was against the San Antonio Spurs in Minnesota. And let me tell you what, boys, if there was ever a basketball game, and, and you and you all can both attest this. How many times have I ever said that the officials cost somebody a, a game? Other than maybe the the Saints uh, game the other night in the six hundred and forty two times. Okay, so so what? None. I've never once said the Wolves lost a game because of the officials. I don't think I've ever said that on record. So I'm going to go on record right now. This game was a loss because of some terrible and horrible officiating. The Wolves were up, and the officials start calling bullshit fouls that didn't even exist. I'm watching the game, and Doris Burke's even saying, that's not a foul. Why are they calling a foul? This is a nationally televised game, and they hand it to the Spurs. And I'm trying to figure it out, what the hell's going on, and it is awful, guys. I'm watching it. And it's it's terrible in every stretch of the imagination how bad this game was called. They give Jeff Teague a technical for telling the refs they're fucking terrible. Then they end up losing by three to the Spurs. And it was a game that Minnesota should have won. Uh, I didn't think they would win it before the game, but they should have. They honestly should have won the game with the way the game was going. And they end up losing because of terrible officiating and because of this game, the game went over because there were so many fouls. The game didn't end till 10 o'clock. And normally games are done by 20 after 9. And then they go right into the 9.30 game, which was supposed to be Boogie Cousins' debut as a Warrior. And everyone missed Boogie checking in start or starting. Everyone missed his first basket as a Warrior because of the shit officiating that was going on in the Wolf-Spurs game. Another rant. Well, there was another first in that, in that you didn't um, blame a game on the refs NBA-wise or Timberwolves specific-wise, but it's also the first time fucking Doris Bark has been quoted on our show in uh, two years. Well, well, she was right uh, in a lot of things that she was saying the other night, especially when she called out Wiggins, which was, um, you know, she was calling him out because he was just walking. He was just kind of standing there and just kind of walking around, which is a problem that uh, the team's run into with him and it's becoming a bigger issue than it should be. But nevertheless, well, what can you do? You know, other than the guys that play hockey, so Tim can't get mad at me, the guys that don't play hockey from that other country, they're pretty soft. Yeah, no I can argument, see that. No, no, no argument there. He's, a, he's an <laughs> all-dressed the, kid motherfucker. Hey, it was all-dressed chips. Don't even joke about that, man. You're going to get me to go downstairs here in a second. But you can't you can't deny that Wiggins, what he's doing has become, I've, I have been one of the biggest Wiggins supporters there is, and I have defended him against all calls. I'm almost to the point where it's tough to defend him. Against the Phoenix Suns in the 116-114 game, he finished with 10.7 rebounds, uh, only plus seven in the win. Towns, 30-12. and 12. D. Rose had 31. Wiggins just is not showing up in these games. He should be the second-best player on the team, and he's not. He's being outplayed by Jeff Teague. He's being outplayed by Derrick Rose. 
He's just not showing up. Here in the other night, the big 118-91 win over Phoenix. 17 points, 9 rebounds. Decent game, plus 26. So he did finish with the best plus and the plus minus. So I will tip my hat to him there. Towns had 25 and 18. Josh Okoge had 21 points. Even Jared Bayless. Like, the Wolves are using Jared Bayless now as a spark. And he's doing a great job, honestly. He had 14 points the other night. So I can't complain too much. Um, about the bench, but Wiggins, man, it's, you just see him, he just looks so unmotivated. It's like, dude, get out there and, and do it. Like, he's got so much talent, and when he yeah. wants to, he takes over, and he just it's doesn't, pretty, almost uh, like he doesn't want to. It's pretty amazing what one year of uh, high school in West Virginia can do to a guy. You ain't wrong. Well, he, Philly's the only place he hasn't been through, I guess, uh, of, of these of this trio of hosts. So, <laughs> and I mean, the guy did play college ball at Kansas. Sure. So, I mean, <laughs> let, let, let's let's bring up something here. Who's the last big time? And I'm talking other than Embiid. Okay, let's take Embiid out of this. Who's the last big time player to come out of Kansas? Other than Embiid. Like, I'm talking major, uh, major big-time player. Wiggins was Will supposed to be the next big thing. Will Chamberlain. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was not wrong there, at least. But... No, uh, Kansas had Danny Manning, who was a stud college legend, uh, who just had a so-so career. Um, off the top of my head, there's they produce decent like Frank Mason types and you yeah, know, Selden, Josh Jackson, I believe, and yeah. Like I'm looking but, at a list here. I'm looking at you know, uh, Chuck Dilio, Joel Embiid was the last really big time about, great uh, player. What about Paul Pierce? Uh, Pierce. Okay, Paul last. Pierce would probably be the guy. He would probably be the last big guy. There's 12 players in the league right now for Kansas. Andrew Wiggins. Wayne Selden, Kelly Oubre, uh, Svi, yeah, Metallicook or whatever the fuck his name is for the Lakers. I can't pronounce that name. Marcus and Markeith Morris, uh, Ben McLemore, Frank Mason, Josh Jackson, Devontae Graham, and Chick Delio or Dalio, Dalio, whatever. Only, only five of those players are averaging double figures. Only one of those players is averaging 20 points per game. That's Joel Embiid. Um, looking at some past players, no names are jumping off at me. You know, uh, Paul Pierce was a good one, obviously. Uh, you know, you see guys like Xavier Henry, Kirk Heinrich, um, and just nobody jumping out at you that are Tom really Robinson. big, big standout players. I mean, Paul Pierce yeah, Thomas, is the last Thomas really Robinson, great guy. Come on. Yeah, Thomas, Thomas Robinson. Robinson. Yes, him. I remember him. He's great. Yes, I was drafted. I was drafted fifth overall, and I'm still looking yeah. for a job. You were drafted in 2012 <laughs> when you were what, 40 years old. Yeah, and I'm what my, my cock's bigger and browner. What a late bloomer you! Are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, the views of Thomas Robinson do not reflect that of all the wide men on Wide Men Can Jump or the Wide Men Podcast that's, Network or our sponsors. That's probably got something to do with that <laughs> Greek fetish, right? 
I don't know, but yeah, I was uh, I was hoping every time I thought I was actually trending when he was at Kansas. I was like, man, somebody saw my matches, uh, found them on YouTube, and it was obviously not this Thomas Robinson. Uh, Kansas is maybe the Alabama of uh, basketball. Eh? Alabama does that in football, where they they have great college players, but none of them ever go on to do much else. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, that, it's the but... same. It's it's the Julio same way Jones with like M- too bad. right. I mean, uh, the, we could pick out like Embiid and Paul Pierce's, but I see what Tim's saying, and that the 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 amount of talent they get recruiting as opposed to what they put out is is definitely less. Yeah, I mean, but there's a big difference, I guess, too, between the that just shows you the the jump to the big times is well, it's a jump. Yeah, yeah. it is, and it's uh. It's tough. It, it is. It's very tough, and that's something that you know I've never I really mean, thought about until just now when we brought it up I mean, talking hell, about Kansas. Look at so, look was, at Duke, look at Duke. How many great players played at Duke, college wise, but not really that many of them translated into the you know some of the Christian Leitner. Yeah, I mean they played in the NBA, but he was never what he was at college. Grant Hill was Grant Hill was really good. JJ Reddick's been one of the better ones been okay, uh, to come out. But, you know, some of their great players though never amounted to a hill of beans. And I tell you what, there's a guy coming out soon that's going. <laughs> yeah, well, gonna be good. yeah. Well, hold on, he ain't there yet. Oh, uh, by the way, that that is amounting to a hill of bush beans. Brought to you by Bush Beans. <laughs> Try Bush's grilling beans, but yeah, I think uh, there's Zion Williamson's the, the real deal, folks. If you haven't watched him yet, get on your TV and watch Duke the next time they're on. Holy shit, this guy is good. He's ridiculous. He's worth the price of um, admission. I, I, I'm, I'm so, I, you know, not to discredit college basketball, I'm, you know, I don't know if they're going to win the NCAA final or whatever, but uh, with him, I, I just want to keep that guy healthy and see him amongst the men because – He's a man amongst boys yeah. at the level he's playing. And, I mean, he was 9 for 9 in the first half last night. And he was just – little things I was watching. Uh, there was a scenario where um, uh, Jack White, somebody, R.J. Barrett, I mean, their point guard's out right now. So somebody was bringing the ball up, and they were in danger of full-court press of, you know, getting the 8-second, 10-second, I don't know what the rule is in NTA, but to get over half-court. They threw to Zion. He leaps up at half court, catches it while he's still in the air, and passes it to the other side of the court to make sure that that it got over uh, in time. And that that's just not a superstar. That's just like a T.J. McConnell move. That's just like a smart basketball IQ and being in on every play. And that's what prompted me to tweet that he does all the little things that that the role players play. And th- this guy leaps out of the building can do can win a dunk contest but he's still doing plays like that and the sky's the limit for him man i just i just wish he was about three inches taller we might be looking at the greatest player of all time he'll have to be careful that he doesn't become a member of the cult of zion williamson though Mm, uh, you know he's been not not saying he would or wouldn't just saying because that is one thing that that'll get you if you start you know, start to buy into your own hype a little too much before you get there. Doesn't show oh, agree. Although he's going to be one and done too, so he might not have time yeah. to get that far. <laughs> so. Yeah, he's he's definitely a one. He is one of the rare cases where you can I'm not see. Against that. 
where you could see a guy coming out in the draft early and coming straight out of high school. He was one of those rare cases where I didn't know he was that ready to be in the league. And then the first game against Kentucky, I watched him, and I'm like, okay, I didn't know it, but this dude could play tomorrow uh, on any team he wants. Yeah. Yeah, so I, yeah. I didn't know that, but he's definitely a hundred percent ready. Shoots both hands, just everything, just yeah, nothing. every little thing. And uh, we want to give every... a shout out. Oh, go ahead, yeah, I'm sorry. I was just going to say everybody can improve their jump shooting, you know, from bad shooters to great shooters. So that'll come. I mean, but it's it's not like he's a bad shooter either. So no, he's not. But we do want to give a shout out to our girl Rachel. Uh, she's not going to be on the program tonight, Tim. I'm sorry. I talked to her. She's not going to be on the program. I know. But, uh, she, uh, she was at the West Virginia game the other night when they beat Kansas, uh, big upset in Morgantown. Uh, so shout out to her for giving us, giving me the update on that. And, uh, thanks for your continued support, Rachel and Quinn Snyder pictures for you for that. She's a big Quinn Snyder. I was going to say that's Mrs. Snyder, right? (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. But, uh, again, I'm going to go ahead and throw this out there. It's only January, so it's a little early to start planning. But come March, you all better be ready, everyone listening. It will be the return of the Wide Men Can Jump Bracket Pool. And this year we're going to have a big prize again, another big prize, as uh, Larry Dameron will be defending his title. Remember, it will be free to get in on. So make sure when you get your bracket pools ready, I'll post a link. It'll be on Twitter, on Facebook, on our our pages, everywhere. We're going to share this thing around. We had uh, for we did this kind of last minute last year, and we still ended up with I think what was it, guys? Sixty five people in it, uh, just crazy, out of nowhere. Huh? Yeah, and it just kind of came out of nowhere. And this so year we're going to try and your, get more. Yeah, now's your warning too, because uh, football in two weeks is over. So take that time you would have used watching football. Start following college basketball a little sooner than you might normally do. So you got a better shot of uh, winning that bracket, baby. Yeah, so definitely start paying attention. And I'm talking to myself on that one. I need to to pay attention to college basketball a little bit more. But, yeah, we're going to have fun. And remember, you win a prize. Uh, Last year, Larry Dameron got some wide end swag. And this year, we're probably going to have an even bigger prize. So definitely get in on this. Who wouldn't want to come on the show and call us a bunch of retards for – Exactly. For defeating us. I mean, we're going to keep that prize in there as well. You get to come on the show and talk about the picks you made, and you can call us a bunch of idiots if you'd like. Unless it's Josh Brown. He's not <laughs> He can only come well, on the no, show they... if he sets his phone on one side of the room and screams and, yell, from the and other. yells into it. <laughs> you, read, you read my mind, Nate. He can, he can call us retards, but it's got to be from the background. definitely definitely um well guys before we're going to talk uh all-star selection and our title tonight is hey now you're an all-star for the show so uh, shout out to smash mouth uh for me living in the 2000s but no no come on everybody there's there's got to be a wrestling reference for smash mouth in there somewhere come on no hey now you're an all-star it's a smash mouth song that's all i I know know. Somewhere, a wrestling Ooh. announcer must have said Smash Mouth somewhere along the line. Sure they have. You don't know. You don't, shut up, TR. You don't know who Smash Mouth is? What are you, an owl no, down I, there, Robinson? I know who they are. I was giving them a disrespectful who, which is, they, they get picked very, on too much. Yeah, no, they're not. 
anything Jeez, spectacular. Tom, would you rather be walking on the sun right? than listening to Smash Mouth? Yeah, I had a, I had a, a, a triple. I had them and the Spin Doctors going. Oh, Dude, the Tom Spin actually... Doctors are my shit. Don't don't talk shit about the Spin Doctors. I love the Spin Doctors. Tom is actually walking on sunshine, but that's a whole other thing. <laughs> but anyway, before right. we get into Smash Mouth, into our our All Star yeah. talk, we will be talking about that a little bit later. But before then, I was joined by Adam Mars from the Denver Nuggets correspondent for DenverStiffs.com, and he hosts the Locked On Nuggets podcast. The Denver Nuggets guys have been streaking like crazy. They are the number two team in the West. They had a rough game against Golden State, but they've proved that they're a very, very good team this season. TR, what is your thoughts on Denver right now? As we, uh, We're getting close to halfway through the season, so what do you think on what, – what's your thoughts on Denver? Well, they were brought up um, ironically tonight on a Philly station about – the validity of them as far as challengers to the Warriors. And, uh, you know, uh, I can't say I've, I've sat and watched every possession of, of many of Denver's games, but, you know, we had them in, in the, uh, the preview show as, as a playoff team and a strong team. And, yeah, and I think four. they're just, I think they're just basically a, a pretty deep, solid uh, team. Um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm trying to give an analogy, maybe like that uh, Detroit team that snuck a title in in the middle there that didn't have really a, a major superstar um, in the 2000s. Yeah, with Rip uh, Hamilton, just, Chauncey Billups, Tayshawn Prince, Rasheed Wallace, Ben Wallace. Those type, yeah. That, they're that type of team. They're gritty. They're tough. Um, you know, of course, they got Murray and, and you know, some – some. you know, I, I've always liked Gary Harris. And, yeah. So it, it, okay. it's like they've they've got some some likable players and et cetera, but as a team, I you know uh, I don't want to be a douchebag. I don't see them holding up the trophy at the end of the season, but I think they're going to be a tough out. They will be, I think. Tim, do you have any thoughts on the Nuggets? And if you, I swear to God, if you say you dip them in barbecue sauce, I'm going to slap you. Nuggets, good. <laughs> <laughs> Nuggets real oh, good. I, I hate Joel you. like Nuggets. Joel love Nuggets. <laughs> I'm sorry if this is only entertaining me, but it's funnier than hell. <laughs> All right, well. <laughs> I think you're nuts, but it's totally insane. I'm sorry. I think it's funny. <laughs> I'm going to start calling you up in the middle of the night. Nate, this Joel. You okay? I won't answer. I won't answer. What are you wearing? <laughs> Can I see your nuggets? <laughs> to touch your take, process. Take. Oh, <laughs> All right, let's get good. Ooh. Wait a minute. We're getting on to something there. Oh God! I want I want to bend you over and check your process. <laughs> Turn your head know, and cough. If we start hashtagging stuff, touch the process. There you I think go. you have. I think you actually have come up with something there. Oh my God! <laughs> Again, if we're Vote if we're for- copyright infringing on anything. Somebody please Vote let us know. And if you do, we're going to talk to our good friend, 
the law offices of Stephen P. New, and then after vote, that, vote for Joel Embiid and get to touch the process. God, shut yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> and then we're gonna hear my conversation with Adam Mars. Oh God, I'm sorry. From DenverStiff.com and Lock okay, On Podcast. I talked we'll to you back off on air, the other side. <laughs> we'll be back after this. Personal injury, automobile accidents, workplace accidents, mesothelioma, social security disability, unfair insurance practices, family law, employment discrimination, all these things and more can be helped by new law office. Stephen P. New will fight for you and your rights. Mr. New, what is there to do if you're in an automobile accident? When car wrecks happen, insurance is always involved. Did you know that in West Virginia, we have the highest percentage of uninsured and underinsured motorists driving on our highways? That means that when you're in a car wreck, your attorney needs to know how to work with your insurance company to maximize the compensation that you'll receive. If you've been in a car wreck, call me, Stephen P. New. For your free consultation, call 1-888-692-8084 or visit newlawoffice.com. Stephen P. New will fight for you to get you where you need to be. He's a proud sponsor of our program, and Mr. New is a stand-up national and local attorney. Stephen P. New, attorney at law, answers to your legal questions. Right now is site manager at Denver Stiffs and the host of the Locked On Nuggets podcast, also Altitude SR Nuggets insider, Adam Mayers. Adam, thanks for joining us. Did I pronounce your last name correctly? Yeah, close enough. Works for me. Um, okay. Thanks so much for having me on. <laughs> not a problem. Not a problem. And um, we're glad to have any any Nuggets contributors on. We've had TJ McBride before, who's a great Bro, what, uh, source. What a, what a scrub TJ is. Oh, my goodness. Can't believe you had him on. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, well, what I'm going to assume either you I, know I each other. I'm only, yeah, I'm only joking. He's a good friend, a really good guy. Oh, yeah, TJ's great. But we're glad to have you on as well because the Denver Nuggets has kind of been my uh, one of my teams I'm rooting for this season. Um, last season, and I'm, I'm going to warn you, Wolves fan, so sorry about last okay. season, last game going in, nothing personal. Uh, <laughs> I've definitely been pulling for the Nuggets this season. Love their love what they did in the off season, and I predicted they would finish higher than the Lakers um, in the NBA playoffs. And so far, I look like a genius. But uh, I don't think I <laughs> no one really expected them to be where they're at right now, sitting second in the West. So why why do you think Denver has improved so much coming into this season from non seed to now second seed? I, I think you know it's easy to say this in hindsight now that we're seeing this team do so well, but. Um, I think they were always a sleeping giant, and there was a lot of indications that this was a team that was a lot better than what their record had showed over the last two years. Um, if you just look at how this team performed when they were not relying on Emmanuel Moutier, he was a huge anchor for them, um, not just like you know a neutral-type player, but an active negative anytime he was on the court, but the team relied on him to play a lot of minutes because they were trying just to see if they should hold on to him or not. So you thought, okay, if they lose a guy like that, does that mean that they're – four or five wins better. And then on top of that, 
you know, Paul Millsap only played 16 healthy games last season. And when he was healthy, the team was really, really good. So if you cut your biggest anchor and you add a player who the on-off numbers really, really liked and, and elevated the team's upside, I think it's not that surprising that a 46-win team now projects to be a 53-win team. That's sort of in line with what the numbers would have suggested. So um, I, even though I am still kind of su- surprised to see how well it's all come together, maybe we shouldn't have been just looking at the, at the numbers. Well, you should have listened to Wide Men Can't Jump, and you'd have known ahead. Of, no, I'm kidding. But, uh, <laughs> I, but but I'm looking at this team, and really, you see just the balance that they have. And yeah. there's so many guys averaging the double figures. Uh, you know, Gary Harris is having a good season. Uh, Will Barton, back from injury, doing well. But the one guy who really is the guy right now, Nikola Jokic, uh, averaging 19.6 points a game, 10 rebounds a game, 7.7 assists. He has just been a monster. How has he improved his game moving forward here and became, as far as I'm concerned, one of the top five biggest in the league? Well, I have to I have to stop you even before there because while fans of mine who will be listening to this show do not mind you mispronouncing my name, uh, Jokic, with, with a soft J, uh, it really will rile fans up when they hear the Jokic. So, oh, so I have excuse to me. You. Jokic, not Jokic. <laughs> you, okay, you, forgive me. You, you've made a lot of a lot of enemies in Serbia now, so so be careful. Um, but, but no, Wouldn't be uh, the first time. Jo- <laughs> <laughs> but jokes aside, you know, um, the biggest difference from him, we have seen flashes of him playing at the level that he's played at consistently this year, 20 points, 10 rebounds, 8 assists, just – that stat line, it's underappreciated because of how absurd a near triple-double from a center is, especially with assists. But we've seen flashes of this. The difference in him this year, I think, is twofold. Number one, and most importantly, he has been comfortable taking over as the leader and the floor general on the court. Last year, I think he was a little bit passive. He yielded to Paul Millsap a little bit. He didn't want to be the center of attention. I think he sort of embraced that, no, the team is not just expecting me to be this guy but relying on me to be aggressive and and to be a leader out on the court so he's done that consistently this year but also you know I think he's gotten even better at using his size and his body he's he's he gets a lot of talk for being a flabby bodied guy which is 100 percent accurate he can barely jump um but he does have a lot of just mass not, not necessarily a lot of muscle but just a lot of like body weight and I think he's really learned this year how to use that to his advantage um, even though he's not quick, he's very good at keeping defenders on his hip. And when he's able to put his body into you and kind of uh, swing his body and, and push smaller defenders out of the way, it's really upped his effectiveness and sort of forced teams to double-team him, plays right into his pass-happy style of play. Yeah, and he's finding great uh, ways to get rid of the ball and get those assists. So you don't see a center with seven assists very often on an average. So that's pretty solid for him. One guy who's kind of intrigued me for this team, who kind of came out of nowhere for me at least, because I had forgotten, I'll be honest, I forgot this guy existed until this season, and that's Malik <laughs> Beasley. He has really played yeah. well for the Nuggets. Against Golden State, he had 22, um, 13 against Chicago, and then 13 against Cleveland. Almost had a double-double in that Chicago game. He's really playing well for Denver. Um, is, as a rotation guy, is he fitting in where he needs to be, or do you think – He's a guy that maybe they might look to start eventually. Uh, I think he's been phenomenal. So you asked me a couple questions ago why Denver has been so good, and I gave you the two big reasons, but 
Replacing Emmanuel Moutier with Monte Morris. Monte Morris, a breakout candidate, uh, could be a candidate for most improved player. Uh, that's just how, how good he has been this year. But the other guy, you mentioned Malik Beasley. Um, he replaces essentially Wilson Chandler's minutes. He can play the two. He can play the three. He's filled in for Gary Harris. And he has been so good that I think it changes some of how you look at this team going forward in a roster-building perspective. He takes 4.4 three-pointers in just 23 minutes uh, of action on average, and he's shooting 42% on those. So he's been a very reliable spot-up shooter. Um, He's a a super athlete, and I think you just look at him as a guy that right now does two two or three things really well but fits into the flow of the offense so nicely. Um, I think now that all the players are starting to come back and Will Barton and Gary Harris both back in the lineup and in the rotation, I think Malik Beasley is the one guy who has most taken advantage of the opportunity with the injuries that now that everybody's back, I think he's comfortably still in the rotation at somewhere around 20 minutes per game off of the bench. And then going forward, he's a guy that maybe could even slide into a starting spot either at the three or maybe at the two if the, if the Nuggets decide down the road at some point that Gary Harris becomes a little bit more expendable. Malik Beasley, I think, right now is playing at you know an average starting shooting guard level of play over the last 20 games or so. So maybe that gives them more flexibility in, in the trade market in, in years to come. And the Nuggets are really one of the deepest teams in the league right now. They can easily go 11-12 deep if they have to. Uh, looking at another guy, the Nuggets, tearing it up this year, Jamal Murray. Uh, Two years in the NBA out of Kentucky, uh, seventh pick in 2016. Everyone was kind of looking at him to be a breakout star his first year. Didn't really pan out the way everyone thought, but he has really turned into a stud for Denver. Last three games, he's had 26, 25, and 21. How good can Jamal Murray be for this Nuggets team? Really good, and and this is the year – at the start of the year, he was in a real big shooting slump, and, and you thought, okay, maybe the progress is going to be so slow with him because uh, he's a combo guard more than a point guard, and, and learning the point guard position, especially when you're a na- not necessarily a natural distributor, um, can be really tough. But the last 15 games, and really the last two months, he has completely broken out and has looked and has played at an all-star caliber level. The stats here over the last 15 games, 21 points, uh, four and a half rebounds, four and a half assists, and 45% from the three-point line on six and a half attempts. So he has just really upped his game. And, and I think the improvement from October till now uh, has been really, really steep, as you expect with young players who are playing as many minutes as he is. And more importantly, him and Nikola Jokic, a, a lot through injuries to other guys like Paul Millsap, Will Barton, and, and Gary Harris, those two have been forced to develop a nice two-man game late in games and it has really blossomed over the last two months. Those guys have won. I think Denver leads the league right now in clutch wins. That's games decided by five points or fewer. Um, and a lot of that has been the synergy between those two guys in the spread pick and roll late in games. Uh, Denver, I think now you look at those two guys going forward as the clear one-two punch for the Denver Nuggets. And um, I thought it would come with Jamal Murray eventually, but it it certainly looks like he is ready to make that leap now and and going forward will only continue to get better. Do you have any updates on uh, Isaiah Thomas or Michael Porter Jr.? I assume we're not going to see Michael Porter any this season, uh, but Isaiah Thomas, it's been reported he may play um, sometime around the All-Star break. But I was just wondering, any updates? What have you heard on either of these two players? 
Well, the update on Michael Porter Jr. has been that he has started to participate more and more in non-contact stuff. I, I think Denver just has no incentive to try to force him into the rotation this year. So I doubt he even does contact stuff in practice. I think they're just they're taking a very, very long view with him because of his upside. But the word is that in practices, he is as good a shooter as anybody on the roster um, and and going through ball handling drills. I mean, he's a 6'10", 6'11 guy. He's really tall. And his handle apparently in practice has really stood out. And, and so he's more of a next-year kind of guy, but at least the word is that he is looking better and better as every week goes by. Isaiah Thomas is the real mystery. Um, who knows with him? We're getting to a point in the season. I mentioned Monte Morris. Monte Morris, the backup point guard for the Nuggets right now, second in the NBA in assist-to-turnover ratio, is, is shooting 40% uh, – from the three or 42 percent from the three-point line on the season he's just been so solid that I don't you're getting to the point in the season where you wonder if Isaiah Thomas the addition of him is actually a positive for the Nuggets or not it certainly might be he his upside is really really high but Denver has a nice thing going with Monte Morris that it makes me wonder when it and even slash if he'll return it was weird that Adrian Wojnarowski reported a few months ago that he would be back in December. The team denied that report. Then there was a report last week that he would be back in 25 days or something like that. The team, again, denied that report. So it does make me wonder. It's very rare for Woj to, have a, to say something publicly that, he, that a team or a player would deny, and it makes you wonder if maybe there's something behind the scenes where the team isn't quite as sold on Isaiah Thomas's return as perhaps Isaiah is. Maybe. It's interesting to see because here was a guy who played in Boston, was an all-star. He was the last pick of the draft, goes to Cleveland, doesn't work out there, ends up in L.A., not exactly the ideal situation. I think Denver is the perfect spot for him to maybe return to that all-star form. But then again, as you said, you're looking at it now, it's almost like there's too many good players for Denver. They have a very strange problem, and they have so many good players there's almost not enough minutes to go around for this Nuggets team. And would Isaiah Thomas be comfortable with 20 minutes off of the bench? That's another big question because Monte Morris is very happy with that role. He excels at running that bench unit as a facilitator, and there's a lot of great finishers on there. I mean, Mason Plumlee is a starting caliber center for most teams. Trey Lyles is a formidable power forward scorer. Uh, Malik Beasley going back to the bench, who I mentioned before, is just shooting incredibly from the three-point line. So they have finishers. So I think from that point guard position, maybe you need a little bit more of a facilitator, which is what Monte Morris is. And Isaiah Thomas, best-case scenario, he comes back and he's just great, but then he needs more minutes. And does that mean fewer minutes for Jamal Murray or Gary Harris? That also doesn't make sense. So I think Denver's kind of in a position where – they don't need him to be great, but if he is great, that means fewer minutes for a guy they don't want to cut minutes down for. It's really tough from my perspective. Do you think they'll end up trading Isaiah Thomas? Do you think they'll use him as trade bait? Like, hey, he's healthy, he looks great. Here, we're going to offer him up for trade. You know, maybe give us a first-round right. pick and he's yours. I mean, is that something that maybe they would I, I be interested I, in? Because of the injuries, I don't know that he really has – there's a market out there for him in a trade. I think – there's a chance that maybe Denver looks at it and buys him out and allows him to go somewhere else uh, for a team that maybe is in more emergent need of him. I, I keep looking at the Miami Heat. I think he could fit in there as sort of a bench scorer to, to help them push to make it into the playoffs. But um, but for as far as trade goes, I just don't know what you would get for him. 
since he hasn't played at all this season, and when he played last season, he clearly looked injured. So I don't think there's a trade market for him. Yeah, and, and that's that's tough to hear when you're a guy like Isaiah Thomas, who was a great player in the league and still, you know, potentially could be, but teams aren't willing to take a big risk right now trying to get trying to get him. But one good thing the Nuggets did was they signed him for cheap, uh, kind of as a proving yeah. ground for him. So maybe teams will be more willing to take that risk because of the the cheapness of the contract. And it's like, hey, probably not going to make the playoffs anyway. One-year deal for Isaiah Thomas, you know, why not? Let's take a shot at it. I could see Detroit maybe taking a shot on him because all they really have is Reggie Jackson there. So I think he would be a good fit there if the Nuggets were willing to trade him. I I agree. I do think there's a couple of playoffs. I think you have to look at it as a playoff team that that needs a little bit extra push. And that was the idea with Denver is they might need a a veteran leader, but the the season has just broken a a lot better than I think even the Nuggets expected. And that's, that's why he's in a tight spot. And I feel bad for him. He's been a great player in this league, but he just hasn't yet got that big payday. And it's starting to look like he just might not get an opportunity ever to get paid fairly. And it's unfortunate for him because he really has been good for large stretches of his career. Yeah, he has. Um, a couple more questions. I know you're a busy guy, and we're going to let you go here in just a minute. I just got two more. One, what happened in the game against Golden State? I know that one was a big game for Denver. <laughs> they didn't really show up for that. It was kind of a blowout. But, I mean, they bounced back, got some big wins again. They're still second in the in the West, but that was kind of a proving ground game. What happened there? You know, here's here's my take on that game. Um, I don't know that it was a proving ground game for Denver. They've had a lot of those where people have said they're proving ground games, and when Denver wins them, it means nothing. They went into Oklahoma City and won. Um, you know, people wrote that off. They went into Toronto. They went into Portland. Uh, they've gone they've gone on the road and won against some of the top teams in the NBA, and it hasn't mattered. They lose one, and then all of a sudden it's oh well, they're not in their league. Let's look at Golden State over this last ten game winning streak that they have dominated the Lakers, dominated the Clippers, dominated the Pelicans. Um, these are all good. I mean, Denver Denver got, you know, do- dominated in their game, and they gave up 51 points in that first um, uh, that first quarter. But Golden State's kind of done this every game for the last 10. They're putting up 140 points in four of their last 10 games. I mean, I, I just – I think that they're at a level right now where Curry, Clay, and Kevin Durant are all sort of shooting the ball really well. They're all in sort of a hot streak, and – as we all know, and, and maybe we forget this every year, when those three guys are on, you don't beat them. And that's what Denver ran into in that one. Yeah, it's true. But they're starting five all-stars, so is it really fair? I mean, but <laughs> that's another story for another day. <laughs> Last question, yeah. and I'll let you go. Last question, I'll let you go. Who do you think is the biggest sleeper on this Nuggets team? That we Like maybe someone who doesn't watch the Nuggets very much or somebody who's just kind of, you know, oh, the, the Nuggets are on TV, I'll watch them tonight. Who's the biggest, yeah. you know, sleeper for this Nuggets team that, that a person should pay attention to? You're, you're going to hate any answer I give because the truth is I think that this entire team is made up of guys that are probably 20% better than what their reputations are. Um, Jokic is a, is a guy I always go to, and I know he's the face of the team and everybody raves about him, but they rave about him with these caveats of, oh, but he has these flaws or, there's something gimmicky about it. This guy dominates so many of the league's top centers when they go head to head. And as I mentioned before with the, with the Warriors, how Denver has a lot of statement wins this year that get no attention, but when they lose, it's a statement loss for some reason nationally. Well, Jokic has yeah. the exact same thing. 
he has so many statement big moments where he's dominated matchups one-on-one, and the only time you ever hear about him is, oh, well, Golden State really put him in the pick and roll and, and exploited him. So I think Jokic is a guy that is played at, as a top seven, maybe even top five player in the NBA so far this season, the way he's carried this team to this record despite injuries to every other player on the roster. Um, but you can easily also add guys like Mason Plumley to the list who um, he only plays 20 minutes per game. But Mason Plumley dominates his matchup as a backup center just as much as Jokic dominates his with the starters because there's not a lot of teams that can handle him and the facilitating, the rebounding, the defense. Um, he really owns and is a big reason of why that Nuggets second unit has outperformed opposing teams as second unit so much. So I would go with the two centers. They're both really, really good, and they both win their matchup almost every single night. All right. Well, Adam, thank you so much for jumping on with us. Why don't you let our listeners know where they can find you at and keep up with you? Well, you can check out the Locked On Nuggets podcast. I do that daily, Monday through Friday. And then denverstiffs.com. We have three credentialed writers, 11 writers on staff. We're, we, I, I think we're a somewhat unique blog in some of the stuff that we do. And uh, I'm really proud of the work we have. So anytime you want to catch up on the Nuggets, check out denverstiffs.com. All right. Well, Adam, thanks again for jumping on and giving me some of your time and talking some nuggets. And I hope to have you back on soon. Maybe we'll get TJ and you on at the same time and just let you all go to the death on here. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good. I would gladly argue argue with TJ. So that works. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks again, Adam. We'll have you back soon. Take care. We have breaking news as a report being reported from Adrian Wojnarowski. Preliminary exam of Victor Oladipo. It seems that the Pacers fear he is done for the season and will have to have surgery on his knee. That is the latest just broke a couple of minutes ago. Oladipo looks like he's done for the year. More than likely. Not good. Uh, That's bad news. Definitely not good news, and that is uh, it's tough. That's tough because that 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 Pacers team was a team that that Tr, you and I were definitely rooting for, and and we we even said at the beginning of the season they're such a likable team, and Victor rallied the troops in Miami at the beginning of the season, and we thought big things were on the horizon, and now. Here we are, and Oladipo's hurt, and that's just that's tough. I don't care who you are; it's tough. You know, they're they're another you know almost similar to the Nuggets. They're a team you know oriented uh, franchise, but without question, Oladipo's the heart and soul. And you know uh, that really sucks for the for the NBA because uh, as much as I like the supporting cast. I you know I think that could possibly even drop him out of play, out of playoff contention. He's he's that valuable. I mean it's possible, but I think the 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 East just got a lot. I, I hate to say it because the East has been fairly competitive this year, but the top of the East just got hit hard, 
and it's going to really affect what's going on. And uh, the Pacers are still leading the Raptors, though, uh, in this game. They're still up by six with about seven minutes to go. Um, so who knows? Maybe they can piece it together without him. Oh, by the way, James Harden must have hurt us. Uh, he has 36 points in the first half against the Knicks. So no. there you go. Ten, ten from the free throw line. <laughs> you want to know what's funny? Thirty-six points in the first half. The second quarter's been, or the third quarter right now, or thirty-six points in the first quarter. They're in the third quarter right now. Tie ball game. So that shows. If that tells you anything right there, and since the since halftime, Harden has two points. He is four of eleven him, from Coach three. Fizz. He is four of eleven from three. He has went 12 of 24 from the floor and has shot 12 free throws already. The entire Knicks team has shot 19. So, I do hope the Knicks win this game. I got to ask, not having actually ever played any basketball, would playing on, being on the court with this guy get fucking annoying? after a bit when he's throwing up shit from everywhere and you don't ever get to touch the ball? <laughs> or do you? Or are you just happy in the fact that you're playing for a pretty good team and you win quite often, I guess? But uh, I think, I, I think uh, as a guy who played in my youth, um, not a professional level, but, you know, if, if a guy – is that ball dominant? It is a pain in the balls. It's like, what the fuck? I don't care who, how good he is. It's like, you know, I'm here, well, bro. Particularly when it's, you know, okay, I I either bring the ball out or somebody gives me the ball. I head down court. I go to my spot and up it goes. And I mean, I'm just looking at the amount of shots he's taken. What, uh, 35 shot attempts approximately? And the other guys on the team don't have that many between all of them. That I mean, know, he, had, that really uh, he had he had thirty seven. Is that even good basketball? No, it's not. And, and he's got he had thirty seven points the other night, and they got blown out by the seventy sixers. So you can look at that statistic. Then the game before that, uh, they beat the Grizzlies, who are really really struggling. So I'm not even going to go there. And the Grizzlies were on a back to back. So we won't dive into that. But looking at I have something, I have, I have something on that since you mentioned the Grizzlies. Yeah, uh, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Talk about the Grizzlies. And they lost to uh, the Nets in overtime. Harden had fifty-eight and ten. So you, you're still losing. Go ahead, Grizzlies. You may, you may have heard this too, Nate, and we just haven't talked about it. But it came across my radar tonight on uh, talk radio that Mike Conley is available. Um, he and Paul Gasol, he and Mark Gasol are both available for trade. They're listening. Yeah. And, you know, for me, it's about numbers with, uh, you know, the offseason coming. Sixers are expected to possibly offer Jimmy Butler that, blah, 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 blah. Now all the depot goes down. Celtics have yet to really put it together. The East is technically wide open. I mean, Milwaukee's new to the dance, even though I love the the Greek freak and and those boys Mm -hmm. out there. If I'm, you know, uh, this town has waited forever to have a good fucking team with that whole process bullshit. 
it's been since 2012-13 season or 11-12, whichever it was when they blew up the team after they went to seven games with the Celtics. I'm putting him as my point guard. I'm spending as much money as possible, keeping that Ben Simmons down low, and I'm adding them with Butler and Bede and Redick as the best, you know, non-Golden State starting five possible, and I'm going for it this year. Uh, <laughs> you know, they probably have, um, they probably have to eat it like with Conley and then make a decision about Butler, but I would go for it. Well, I don't know if you remember this. Mike Conley signed a, man, oh man, he a signed a, a, deal, yeah. a deal. So whoever decides to make a move and trade for Mike Conley um, next year alone, by himself, sixty-seven million or some shit. Thirty-two million next year, and then the year after that, thirty-four million. Just yeah. for Mike Conley, I mean, you... who who is um, thirty-one years old and has eleven years experience, so he's getting into the later stages of his career. So you're going to pay for a guy. If you're going to sign him now, you're signing him to win now. You're not signing this guy to uh, to do that. But, man, that contract is so lucrative and just a ridiculous contract. He became a free agent at the perfect time. Yeah, he was the highest-paid player in the NBA for quite some time. But, um, yeah, he was. You know, and that's a valid point not to, not to take him. But if you convince Simmons to get the fuck down where 6'10 guys go, you got a, a legitimate all-star level point guard to come in here and he'd be a perfect fit um in my opinion and they do need another piece and uh he he's not going to come here I'm I'm fantasy booking here and the numbers would be staggering obviously uh, you know I heard it was you, you pretty much confirmed what I said I heard you'd be in debt about 67 million you said 32 34 so 66 but you know who knows what's going to happen in the summer? You know, Butler might want to go to L.A. or New York again and whatever. Win now while yeah. you can, in my opinion. We waited too damn long. I, I, I see where you're coming from, and I'm looking at the off. I'm looking at the contracts that Philly has. Um, you've got Simmons for another few years on his deal, so you're okay there. I'm just trying to figure out if there's anybody they're going to have to pay other than Butler this season if they want to keep him around. Embiid signed his deal. I'm pretty sure he signed. He did. Uh, they yeah, inked him. Yeah, he's uh, 20. We're looking at 27 million next year for Embiid. Uh, Simmons is still on the rookie deal, so he's only at about eight million, which is an expensive rookie deal, if you ask me. I think that's that's kind of a, which he was number one pick, so that's what you run into. Um, Trying to figure out if J.J. Reddick's got the one-year deal, you can offer him maybe a uh, a lower sum next season if you try to trade for Conley and try to keep him around. See, you're just you're going to end up in the luxury tax. It, it's going to happen. See, yeah, ab- gonna- absolutely. But I, I, I would I would personally look at J.J. Reddick at 35 years old and say, you know, you're a great guy. I love your podcast. See you later, buddy. Um, go somewhere else. And, of, of course, I would get rid of the Fultz money involved in that somehow, some way, find a sucker. Uh, sadly, T.J. McConnell would probably really, go. 
the false money's not even really big money though. That's that's what you're like that. That's me. I'm looking at it saying, you know, the false money's not really going to be the biggest issue because he's also on his rookie deal and he's young. Uh, what is it next year? God, is he really making more than? Yeah, I guess he would be. He's making more than Ben Simmons next year, if you can believe yeah, that. Yeah, I. I knew he was going to make seven or eight or nine or something. Nine. He's making something nine next year. However, good news. Good news for Philly. Uh, after next season for Fultz, uh, it's it's a team option for $12 million, so you don't have to keep that contract much longer. So yeah. there's there's a bit of good news there for, for our people in Philly listening in. So that that's good news. But, man, I just don't know uh, – that's just so much money to tie up in a, an aging point guard because you got him for at least another two to three years. And then you, how much less do you think he'll be willing to take if he decides, okay, I like this. I'm going to resign and I want to play some more. You're nearly Dep- capped out depends. because you've got Z- Zaire Smith and you've got JJ Redick here. Who's, who's gone after this season, but like, a lot of big deals, and Wilson Chandler's contract is still there, which I think I don't know how bad his is. I'm sorry if we're breaking this down, but I think this is interesting stuff here, so I'm going to look at this uh, Wilson Chandler contract real quick, and Chandler is actually an unrestricted free agent uh, at the end of this season, so that'd be another $12 million coming off the books. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of math involved, and you know, some people will at first glance say, oh, he's fucking crazy. You know, you can't add that to the salary. But I'm talking about winning this year, and I think it's I think it's possible. Um, Kawhi Leonard in, uh, in Toronto makes it different. But, you know, Kyle Lowry's been in the playoffs many times and Serge Ibaka and so forth, and they've come up nil every time they hit the playoffs. They were number, number one seed last year. So, you know. It might still be my anti-Kawhi stink, but I, I don't see them coming out of the East. And it's Tim, really up boys. to Kenneth. Who's doing what? Tim, he's coming after your boys in Toronto. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a civil war of sorts. Um, <laughs> but I, 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 just, I just don't see them, you know, winning the NBA title. And I, I still go back to Boston being the deepest team. And if you add a Mike Conley, you can beat Boston, in my opinion. So, uh, just food for thought. I mean, it's interesting. Tim, you got any takes on this? I know this is a little deeper than what we normally dive for your NBA prowess, but do you have anything you want to add to that? (laughs) (laughs) No, it's not. It's not boring, but but we all know that when we start talking contracts and salary caps and and the NBA in particular has such a strange, um, I don't know what you'd call it, like they don't have a hard cap and then there seems to be 72 different types of exemptions and exceptions and yeah, uh, guys, guys that sign big fat contracts get traded to another team and are promptly dumped and the money is somehow magically not on the books I am, anymore. I am so glad and I am so glad you brought that up because you made me you've made me remember something that I had almost forgot about and that is the ever long where you at Dave girl on the Foo Fighters but the the journey 
of Carmelo Anthony in the NBA. Have you guys seen? I knew you were going there. I knew you were going there. Have you guys seen what's going on there? So he went to Chicago. Is that correct? Yes, Chicago. That's for. Yeah. And then they dumped. They dumped him. They got rid of him. uh, Just took the salary cap hit, basically. Um, That's what everybody seems to want to do. Just get rid of the money. I mean, yeah, they're trying to you know I mean? they're trying to get him to get rid of the money. The Rockets wanted to sign Kenneth Freed, and and they did. They got the manimal. Um, so he's now in Houston. Him? And, why is it teams want to constantly put Kenneth Freed and Nene on the same team to get me confused with the dreadlocks? I don't understand that. But anyway, that's beside the point. Kenneth Fareed is now on the Rockets, uh, so he is the next guy who's not going to be touching the ball while James Harden plays one on five. Um, and then Melo was shipped to Chicago, who took the cap hit, dumped the salary, and now they basically freed up some cap space for next season. Uh, I don't blame Chicago there, but a lot of people are saying that maybe Chicago should have kept him. I'm like, why? Why would you do that? It makes no sense. Um but they'd have basically done, an old. If they kept him, they'd basically have an old another Jabari Parker. Um, yeah, defense really. don't matter. I'll keep shooting, and whatever. Yeah, not play defense. There's rumor that he may end up in L.A. with this ridiculously low asking price. Have we seen the end of Carmelo Anthony in the NBA? Is my question to you guys. Tim first. <laughs> If he's not done, I don't know why not. I just don't know what he brings to the table at this point. I just I don't know why anybody'd want him, unless it's really on the cheap. But geez, if you're in need of that guy that badly, I feel sorry for your franchise. No offense. Um, my take is we have not seen the last of Carmelo Anthony because he himself still believes that he's a top guy or a second banana to a superstar top guy and that would make sense in two places and you know where they are next to LeBron or next to that stacked Golden State lineup where his ego could take probably you know winning a championship, which is probably important to him on some level. Um, other than that, if, if those two teams weren't interested, then no, he's done. <clears throat> but I, I can see him on either of those. I said it uh, a few weeks ago when there was talk about Melo and where he'd end up and what they would do. And I said this a while back. You know what? I get angry all the time when I see these great players join up and form these teams and they decide we're going to play together. We're going to be champions and we're going to try to be, you know, this super team and, and we're just wanting to, you know, get together and everybody plays together and we win all the titles. And I, and most people don't like that. Most people are, are not fans of that here, especially in the modern NBA if Carmelo Anthony joins the Golden State Warriors, for once, for once, I will not complain. I will say, you know what? This dude tried everywhere he could. 
And he didn't resort to it. He didn't run out in his prime and join the team that beat him. Kevin Durant looking at you. Uh, He didn't run away. He tried everywhere he could. And it just never worked out. Mello, brother, get your suit. Go sign the deal with Golden State. Put your suit on, kid. And go over there and sit on that bench in Golden State and get that ring. And I mean... You get that Jawan Howard ring, and you sit there and you do it. You do you, man. No hate from this guy. I say we let Melo sit on that Golden State bench. If anybody's going to get a ring that deserves one, the greatest Olympian basketball player in the history of the United States Olympics, um, a great ISO player who just so happened to come along at the wrong time when basketball went through an evolution of – where you don't get great ISO players anymore. And it's, you know, if he had come, if he had been drafted in like 1996 or 97, I think Mello would have ended up being quite possibly, you know, we'd be hanging in his jersey somewhere, you know, but that's not going to happen. So I say, Mello, go to Golden State, put on a suit. If you want, you know, go out there and play with, you know, like Jacob Evans and guys like that at the end of blowouts. Get your ring, kid. I ain't mad. I won't be mad a bit. Because Golden State's winning the title this year, gentlemen. And whether Melo's there or not, it doesn't make a difference. So we might as well get the man a ring. That's me. That's my opinion. I'm I'm, I'm sort of with you. Um, I don't mind if he if he gets a ring. He, he's he's an egomaniac, but he did back it up for most of his career until very recently. And he was a national champion at Syracuse as well as the other accolades you put on him. So, you know, like you said, it's, it's going to happen anyway. So why not get Anthony a ring to his credentials? Yeah. And then he can kind of ride off into the sunset. Go ahead. Is he a hall of, is he a hall of famer if he doesn't win the title? I don't think so. Or does it take? Does he need that ring to get to Hall of Fame consideration? It's hard for me to say he's a Hall of Famer, even if he gets the ring. Fair enough. I'm just throwing it out there. Like, did Melo ever make it out of the first round of the playoffs? Maybe once. But that Denver uh, team went somewhere, didn't they? I don't know. Uh, I don't remember if they did or they didn't. I know they. They did okay. He did get out of the first round. I know that, but did they ever get to an Eastern or Western Conference Finals? I don't, I don't believe he has. Did. Let me find this out. Cause, so if if he didn't, I mean, he's got pretty good stats. But I mean, basketball, not unlike the other sports, seems to be without the without the championship. You definitely okay. yeah, they did want he. he he was in the 2009 Western Conference Finals um, against the Lakers, and uh, then Nuggets lost four to two. But that's the only time in his career he ever made it to a conference finals. Hmm. If he could accept uh, maybe a, a slightly less than a Livingston role there, and come in, give those superstars a breather realize he's long in the tooth, but still effective on the offensive end of the court. Uh, the ring might help his credentials and, and, and his case for uh, HOF. But we're gets, getting way off if, topic. My bad. No, no, no. You're fine. If he, if he gets in there and actually contributes, I have no issue. 
None whatsoever. If he contributes, even if it's just, you know, 10, 15 minutes a game, and he willingly contributes and contributes well to the Warriors and they get the ring, okay, he's got a better shot at a, at a Hall of Fame. But if he doesn't, it's hard for me to put him in there. Maybe he, I mean, I don't know. Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. It just depends on what you're looking at. Yeah. Fair enough. But 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 I mean for the original question, I th- I don't know if if either of you guys would argue that besides Golden State and the Lakers, I I don't think there's any other team that he could end up with. Correct? Uh yeah, I, I don't know where he could go other than that. Uh, there's just really nowhere else no, they could already, really use him. He's already been to two of the other big powerhouses anyway, right? Because he's been in OKC yeah, he and Houston. He's been in OKC. Yeah. Um, so what's what? I mean, what's left, really? Yep. Like I said, go get your ring, Mellow. Go out there, and I'll throw. No, no shade shall be thrown. Not from me. Carmelo to Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, just, we'll put just that. Keep well, we already got a guy. We already got a guy that that doesn't want to doesn't want to play defense very often. But anyway, um. Before we move on to our next topic, I do want to thank from the people that brought you Wow Free Cam. They are, are fantastic. Don't get me wrong, Wow Free Cam. But Wow Free Cam will no longer be uh, our sponsors moving forward. Uh, we have ended our working agreement with Wow Free Cam, and now we are moving over to the new people that will be sponsoring us, who brought you Wow Free Cam. Now is cambay.com, C-A-M-B-A-E.com. So check out cambay.com for all of your cam needs. Just like with Ralph Free Cam, go check it out. You will enjoy it. And also, here is an offer for all of our listeners. This is a coupon code. Use the code WIDEMEN, and it gives you 20 free credits on the purchase page. So remember to use wide men and that's your coupon code your promo code that gives you 20 free credits on the purchase page so now cambay.com shall be joining us here on the wide men radio network cambay it is i'm typing that into my browser right now (laughs) i'm not lying use the code Small disclosure, got to be 18 and over. I'm off of that. Oh, my. <laughs> Sound like yours to K there. Oh, oh my. my. Oh, my. <laughs> this is a process I can be down with. But, yeah. So, go show them some love over there at cambay.com. We will have a commercial for them on our next episode. So, go check it out. All right, I'm just going to say, full disclosure, I'm just going to say, I, I had clicked on nothing, just on the front page alone. There's a little something there for everybody by the looks of things. And I'll just leave there it at that. Go. M. Dombrova approved. Canadian okay, tested, American approved. <laughs> Moose approved. Moose uh, at halftime, by the way, at halftime, the 76ers lead the Spurs 67-64, in case you're tuning in a little also, late. James, also, James Harden has got to have somebody listening to our podcast. 
<laughs> He's got because 49 he now. now. He has now thrown down 49 with seven minutes left in the third quarter. So that, he's that's going at the for, garden, he's, right? He, yeah, yeah he's garden. going. He's going for 60 at the garden. He's got 49 yeah. and 12 right now, and the Rockets are only up 10. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, but at least they're winning uh, now. They weren't before. Well, yeah, I'll winning. give you that. At least they're winning. He's up to 19 free throws for the game. It's 19 like free throws. That's the drive 19 for 70. Free throw. 19 free throws for Harden and 19 free throws for the entire New York Knicks team. So there's that mm. for you. If he drops 70, I do. I just don't like the guy that much. Uh, he might be a great person. I don't know. But we all said we weren't big fans of watching him. If he drops 70 tonight in the garden, I hope it's in a losing effort. That would be great. That would, would be great. And, and yet at the same time, I have got to give at least some kind of props to any kind of effort that puts down 70. Yeah, oh, sure. definitely. I mean, All that's right, we're talking about Wilt areas here. No, yeah, I'm well, Let's get to the main event now, which we talked about earlier. We are going to unveil our all-star starters. So we're, both, we're all going to put out – we'll go one at a time. We'll start at the guard position and work our way uh-huh. around now. Again. I got to go – I got to go last on this because I got to hear what you guys have. Okay. So. Okay. Um, I don't know. TR, would you like me to start as we go through this? No, I'll start because um, I'm a starter. No, I'll start because <laughs> um, I'm going off memory and you know my aging memory where you guys would be like, how the hell could you put him in there when such and such you omitted? You know, et cetera. So, um, okay. All right. I, I would, and and our our criteria, though, that that I'm not clear about. All right. So we're gonna go two guards and three big men. Now, when I say three big men, it doesn't have to be small forward, power forward, center. Just three big guys. That's it. Front court. Not gonna, yeah, okay. Okay. So three, two guards, three front court, and that's it. And next week we will get to the All Star reserves. Um, okay. And Tim, Tim, you're listening. I'm listening. Could you, could you do me a, a huge favor? I could. I guess. Could you write down these picks so I'll have them for next week? I, I will. I won't do it now, but I'll go through. I will. Okay. Them. I appreciate it. And just send those to me. All right, Tr. Let's start with your first guard from the Eastern Conference. Well. uh not to be cynical, but one of the guys in contention is now out for the season as of tonight. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, so, got to leave him off. Yeah. Um, I kind of want to go reverse just, just because who's popping in my mind, if that's all right. Uh, the front court is yeah. kind of obvious um, with Joel Embiid. Uh, okay, so you're going to start the front court? All right, we'll start. Well, hold on. Just go one at a time here. Uh, you're, front, okay. you're going front court? Yeah, because, they're, they're, you know, I got to think about the guards a little bit. So. Okay, we'll start in the front court then. Um, I'm going with Embiid as my, you know, just okay. big player as my first right. choice. Uh, okay, well, uh, hold that thought. Um, I'm going to go with the MVP. Himself, Mr. Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Greek freak, 
that will be my first choice. Tim, over to you, my friend. Uh, I will take uh, Embiid for my first player. Okay, so Tim goes Embiid as well. His MVP pick. All right, back to the front court. Uh, TR, your choice again. Well, I mean, I'm just kind of going to piggyback you. It's like one or the other. I was going to go Giannis, uh, you know, first okay. or second. So. <clears throat> well, I'll also piggyback off you, and I'll go Embiid. Uh, he deserves to be an all-star this year, and he deserves to start. Tim? Well, give me the Greek freak. All right, so we're all in agreement. Those are two starters uh, there in the front court. All right, here's the third now. Uh, TR, who's your third starter in the East? It pains me to say because I predicted him being a whack job, but he showed up and he's been the reason that Toronto's so successful. Um, he's In two games, he's taken the ball away from – well, actually, not him specifically, I don't think, but – he's uh, took the ball away with his team from Ben Simmons 17 times. I've, you know, when you much like the guy in Denver you had on, you see a lot of things when you're in that specific market that, that nationwide don't see. And, and he's just, he's, he's a weird dude, but Kawhi is my third front court player. I will echo that. I will go Kawhi as well. Tim, yeah, I got to triple that. I, I, I only a slight reservation with Leonard because he just doesn't play all the games. He gets rested an awful lot. But well, he's, com- he he's a, coming off an injury. He's coming off a, a, an injury, so it's not uncommon that that happens. No, but that that's still we're talking about all stars here, so it does sure. kind of make a bit of a dent for me. But but yeah, I'll take Leonard because about the only other guy I can think of that's even close is maybe Griffin, but I'll take Leonard over Griffin, so I'll take Kawhi. All right. All right, we'll move to the guards in the east. Uh, TR, over to you with the guards. Two guards. You can give me the first one, we'll go around, then we'll come back to you for the second. See, this one's tough for me. Um, Especially with Old Depot out. I mean, Kyrie is, talent-wise, um, Kind of a no-brainer. I think he's one of the top guards, especially in the East. Uh, I, but he just doesn't seem to be the Kyrie that hit that game-winning shot in the finals in Boston just yet. Uh, still, though, I mean, I, I guess I got to put him in there as as my starting one of my two starting guards. Okay. I'm going to agree with you again. Kyrie's been probably the cream of the crop for um, guards in the East right now. So I'm going to go with him as well. Tim? This is a tough one. It is. It's not easy. This is a tough one, even for me. Usually there's a name that really kind of jumps out. Um, But I'm I'm going to surprise you, and I'm going to go with Ben Simmons. Okay. Ben Simmons. All right. You know, it's, it's not, you know, usually I would be like Ben Simmons, but you, when you think about the East and the guard, unless I'm forgetting somebody, um, it's not that far-fetched to start Ben. Um, that's why I'm having trouble. You know, I, going into this show, I, kn- I knew what we were doing, so I had pretty much pegged Oladipo to be in there. Um, 
and literally live breaking news. Um, he's not. So <clears throat> losing my voice. I'm fine though. I'm not dying. Um, anyhow, um, <laughs> let me think here. Let me think here. Uh, wow. I, I, I'm not. I'm not sure if I want to go Simmons. I, God, there's got to be somebody that I'm forgetting because nobody, like Tim said, nobody's jumping out. I mean, Kyle Lowry is there, and and yeah, you got Lowry, but he doesn't score enough. There's Bradley Beal, maybe. I've got one. I've got one that that you may want to piggyback on. That I, I'm not choosing Simmons as my second guard. Well, uh, can you give me a hint? What get me on the right track before you reveal it? Uh Anyway, Had a big start hear. to the season. Uh, boy, does he play good in Madison Square Garden when he was in college. He was a husky in guy. Madison Square Garden. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. I'm with you. I know who you're talking about. Um, okay. The, one, the one-man team down there in North Carolina, right? Yep, exactly. Um. Can I put him over Ben Simmons the way Ben has played recently? I bust Ben Simmons' balls a lot, but recently he has taken the ball to the hoop and finished most of the time. Uh, real quick, did you, I know we talked about this ad nauseum, but the OKC game after George hit the four-point play when Ben Simmons was open for a game-winning three-pointer, and he mm-hmm. stopped and looked back to Butler, who was double-teamed. Anyway, uh, just because of that, <laughs> fuck you, Ben Simmons. I'm taking a I'm, – I'm putting Kemba in there, too. I'm, I mean, I, I don't want to spoil your pick, but uh, hey, Kemba Walker. Fine. Yeah, I'm also going with Kemba Walker. I think Kemba's the, the clear choice after uh, Old Depot goes out. Kemba's averaging right now 25 points a game with 5.6 assists, and he gets a steal every game. So it's hard for me not to pick Kimba. He's such a good player. And like you said, he's kind of the one-man team down there right now. Um, And he's doing it by himself. That's the thing. We all know – everybody knows who's going to get the shots, who's going to get the looks. Kimba's averaging 25. Simmons is averaging 16. Of course, Simmons is averaging nine rebounds and eight assists to go with it. But to me, I'm going to throw in there – Kimba and Simmons against Houston the other night, nine points, six assists, six rebounds. Not exactly right. a great night, even though they did win. So I'm going Kimba. Tim, your last guard from the East. Uh, I'll take Irving for my last one, but I Walker's on my list, but I don't know. Ben Simmons brings so many intangibles that nobody else brings to the court. At least for me, anyway. When he's playing... He changes the entire way the other team's got to come at the 76ers. I, I, I'll add, I'll add in, in Simmons, even though I'm not putting Simmons on, um, I'll add in Simmons's case that he's a lot better defender than a lot of people notice if you're not in the market. He, uh, yeah, he is. He is. That, that big body and his quickness and his hands are I mean, he's but the six- argument – yeah, he's Go a ahead. six foot ten point guard now. But the 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 argument I can make against myself would be that he gives the ball back that he takes away. So, you know, 
it's tough, but he is a good defender. Um, but I, he, nah, not. I, I'd like to see him get on the team, but not a starter. I think he'll be on the team. I think we can. I think we can almost all agree that he'll be on the team. But I don't yeah, think he's going to start. I'm sure he'll be on the one of the. Well, they'll both. Yeah, either way, they'll, those guys are both going to be there. Yeah. All right. Let's move out west. Uh, Tr, do you want to start at the guards or the forwards? This is a little more comfortable to go guards with me if you want to go traditional. All right, we'll go guards. We'll start with the guards. Tr, what do you think? Who should be uh, your first guard? Um, despite Black the. <laughs> Mike Conley, no. Um, despite <laughs> the, despite the, uh, you know, ninety point effort or whatever Harden's going to do tonight, uh, I, I I always stick with Steph Curry. Steph Curry's the best guard in basketball, in my opinion. So Steph, Steph's my guy. Man, this is. I got to go Harden. I hate the guy. But I gotta pick Harden. He's the best. He's the best player in the West right now. He's on another level in terms of scoring. Granted, we're, we've been dogging him all night, but I gotta give a dog his due. I mean, he's tearing it up right now. So I'm, I'm gonna go Harden. Tim, who you thinking? Yeah, it's gonna be Harden, and I'll give you my second one while I'm at it. That'll be Curry. So I, I think that's two spots that is pretty much a no-brainer. Yeah. Uh, Tr, you gonna do the same? Yeah, and and it is a shame the disparity in the guards of East and West because John Wall went down obviously, and uh, you know you got Lillard and fucking you got a, a lot of good guards out in the West. That I mean, there's a uh, there's um, a guard in the West who's averaging a triple double right now, and we're even talking about he's not going to start in the All Star game. Yeah, Russell Westbrook is uh, obviously a former MVP, and you know, but it's just they're loaded. So somebody's got to get snubbed in the West, and and of course yeah. I don't mind, I don't mind that the fans voted uh, your guy um, Derek Rose back into the into the picture because mentally and physically he's a, yeah he's a great story um, and fans like a great story so you know I, but I don't want to start Derek Rose uh, I don't think he's oh, I, I agree I don't think he should start either. I don't think he's better than the guy I don't like to watch, and you guys don't like to watch, but somehow he is one of the best without question. And that would be the beard. So I think we have a consensus backcourt. Yeah, I got to agree. I got to go Steph Curry. As much as I wanted to say Russell Westbrook, it's Westbrook's been kind of – even though he's averaging a triple-double, he's not had a Westbrook-like year. He just hasn't taken over. Right. So Curry Harden, definitely the backcourt. Um all right, let's look at the let's look at the front court here, and there's a lot of guys that could be here. Um, let's go ahead, Tr, kick it off. Who's your first one? Uh, like you said, there is a lot, and I'm not going in any specific order. I don't think because I want this guy on here, and I don't want to forget him. And that was uh, due to paying attention to that game, that particular game I, I mentioned several times. And it goes along with Russell not playing well and him picking up the slack, and that would be Paul George. Um, from the horrific injury he had several years ago, to play at the level he's playing, I think everything he does is up career-wise. And, you know, uh, two-way player, et cetera. 
uh, at one point after starting 0 and 4, those guys were the number one seed in the West, which is not easy. Uh, I, you know, he he might even be in the in the back end of the MVP conversation, in my opinion. So Paul George is my first front court player. I have to agree. I have to put Paul George in there. He's had a fantastic season. Uh, he's really taken over almost the leadership role with Oklahoma City. Uh, they're the three seed right now. Right, he's having some of the best games of his career. Uh, he's averaging 27 a game right now, which is, that's LeBron, that's LeBron numbers, 27 and eight. Right. So hard to argue that. So I'll, I'll take Paul George as well. Tim, who are you going with? Okay, this is who I want to be there, or who's going to be there. I mean, this is one of those, who would you pick right now if you were the one picking okay, the all-star because, team? Because there's a guy who's going to be there who I don't think deserves to be there, but I, and I'm not going to pick him. But I'm, I'm, I'll take Anthony Davis. Wow. That's a good pick, actually. That's a very good pick. Uh, Tim, that, I, I, I'm going to kind of come back with this one. Uh, man, the West is loaded. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there's yeah, there's a whole pile. There's, there's picking threes is ridiculous. You could no, come up with so many players in the list. So but many if we're talking about who I think deserves to be there, Anthony Davis. Go ahead, Tr. Well, um, I think I'm I'm guessing right, but I'm not going to say it right away. Who Tim's thinking that's going to be there. But I think that's the case with two players uh, that are going to be there that you just can't leave them out of the starting lineup because they're universally known as the best player in the game or the second best player in the game. And that's why when Luka Doncic is getting the votes, deservedly so, I just, you know, again, I hope he makes the team because what he's doing is phenomenal. But, and Anthony Davis is certainly a great player. Um, that's why I kind of went Paul George first because I I didn't want him to get lost in that loaded shuffle in the Western Conference. But you know, uh, the obvious one is LeBron James. You can't have an All Star game at this point. He's carried the league on his shoulders, and you know he's got the groin injury and whatnot. But he'll be he'll be okay. And yeah, he's, he's, he can. He's I have no problem with him being on the All Star team. He just should not be a starter, that's all. He hasn't played enough this year to, to deserve that spot, in my opinion. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of agree with Tim on this one. Um I'm looking at it. LeBron hasn't played since Christmas. Um the Lakers have kind of free fallen without him. Is he an all star? Sure. Should he start after all this? No, he shouldn't. No. Uh because that's just too much missed time. You shouldn't be able to do that. So I'm going to go with Anthony Davis as well, because Davis, while he has missed a little time, he hasn't missed as much. And Davis is averaging 29 and 13 a game. And he's the only reason that Pelicans team has a pulse right now. <laughs> that's uh, that's when you, when you break it down with the numbers like that, that is pretty fucking hard to argue against. Yeah. 29 and 13. I mean, good God. Yeah. All right, yeah. Tim, your second guy. Yeah, and I'm I'm right there with Tom on the. I I got to get Paul George in there so that he doesn't get lost in the uh, 
reserve shuffle and doesn't make the team at all because there's just so many goddamn guys you could put in there. But I'll throw him up there yeah. on the starters. All right. TR, your last front court player from the West. I wish you didn't say 29 and 13. Um, and there's also a guy in the backcourt that I didn't mention. Uh, Clay Thompson, whenever the fuck he's needed, he'll just put up 40. I mean, Christ. But anyhow, um, yeah, the West is still loaded with players. That's for sure. I think team, I mean, you could team wise, start, you could you could honestly start the Golden State Warriors starting lineup as the All Star team. You could do that. Yeah, yeah, you could. Kind of unfair. And and who? I mean, I, I believe they're still doing the uh, two captains pick pick them like they did last year. So it's yeah, yeah. you know, LeBron and Curry, I believe, right? Yeah. So I mean, but 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 we're doing the, the east and west the best five possible, I guess. That's, so that's what I like to do. Again, I think it's fun to pick them this way. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I, I was I was just gonna go no brainer. Like you have to do LeBron and Durant, and and my guy who actually really earned it was Paul George, but. Um, I'm still going to go Durant just because he's Durant. Uh, it's 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 painful not to include Anthony Davis, but yeah, uh, I gotta I, I gotta go Durant. I'm gonna go really off grid here. Um, and no, I'm not picking Carl Anthony Towns. Calm down, everybody. Calm down. He's had a good year. But no, he doesn't need to start. Nobody um, would even expect that, mate. <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, Nikola Jokic. Um, I think Jokic has – he's been the only constant source on that Nuggets team this year in terms of production. Every every Nuggets starter has been hurt this season so far, as told earlier by Adam Mars from uh, denverstiffs.com. Jokic is averaging 19, 19.6, 10 rebounds, 7.7 assists, and a steal and a half per game. The dude is taking the Nuggets. He's the, the certified leader of this Nuggets team. They are number two in the West right now. And yeah. he has taken over in terms of that Nuggets team and led them to where they are right now. To me, Jokic deserves to start on the all-star team over Durant, who has proven when Curry's not on the court, he's not the leader for that Warriors team. Because when Curry's not on let, – let me find that record real quick. Because um, there was a, a really neat post I saw a while back uh, when Curry was out, what the Warriors' record is. Uh, without Curry, they are not as good. And that's just a fact. And the, these numbers prove it. Uh, if I can find it here. Uh, oh, shoot. Okay, without, uh, let's see here, Kevin Durant, when he's on the court by himself, uh, the net rating of the team is minus .5. Draymond Green, when he's by himself on the court with the rest of the Warriors, minus 2. When Clay's on the court by himself in the lineup, it is plus 4.3. And Steph, when he's on the court by himself, the team is at a plus 14.3. So tell me that Steph Curry isn't that important. He's very important. Uh, I'm not going to tell you that, but point taken. So that's why I don't have Durant in my starting lineup. 
Tim? Oh, on, on uh, before Tim goes, uh, you know, I I didn't mention him in my you know group of guys, but certainly um, a valid pick from you. I, I was zoned in on the end of the interview um, with Adam earlier, and he talked about yo kick or joke. I, you know, I, with the ick guys, I can't say their goddamn name or names, right. <laughs> but, uh, fucking Sarek. It's gotta be Sharich. Everybody with an ick. But anyway, uh, he's a hell of a passer, which, you know, you can see it, it, it's specific when, when you're in the market and that's what I, I got out of that interview. Like he's in the Denver market. So he sees these guys and he knows every role player and every little nuance. And he sees these seven assists and look away passes from a big guy. So, I mean, you know, I ain't mad at you, as the saying goes, for putting him in there. Um, and I ain't mad at Tim for putting Davis in there. I just have a real soft spot for Paul George because I believe he did get snubbed last year or the year before. Oh, and well, me year, and Tim, really... Tim and I both put Paul George in there. He's the only unanimous no, no, guy. No, no, no. <laughs> No, no, I, I wasn't going with that. I, I, I was, I was, I was talking about me not putting Davis or, or Jokic in. Oh, um, okay. And I went with the old guard because they're gener- genuinely, generally rather considered the top two players in basketball, and the All Star Game is an attraction. Uh, valid points that LeBron hasn't played, et cetera. I don't know. I'm just not ready to let go of the old guard yet. Tim, your last player. My my turn? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, okay, sorry. Uh, I'll take Durant, Um, although I like that Jokic guy. I I like what he's doing there, but he'll have to settle for reserves for my squad. He'll be on the team, but... But I'll well, take next week, for my, for my next week we're next week we're going to be talking reserves uh, for the All Star game. Is it twelve total players or is it fifteen on the All Star team? I'm not sure. We'll know by next week. Yeah, we'll, we'll know got, by next week. And don't forget, Nate, we've got the uh, great uh, uh, wide man can't jump official Canadian NBA All Star team selection. Oh yes, that's yes. Not, Let's not forget that. Hopefully, we have the official Canadian entry in the All-Star Starters uh, up next week, and we'll have more guests on next week. And I did do an interview uh, with the Atlanta Hawks uh, with Kevin Chouinard. Uh did that earlier, wasn't able to get it uploaded because the software right now is being a bitch, and I sent a very angry email about it. So hopefully we have that for you next week. If not, there will be a, uh, there will be a letter, and it, it will not be a nice one. But uh, we do want to thank you guys for tuning in to Wide Men Can't Jump. Before we go, before we go, one question for you guys. And we do. One question for you guys. Do you think the fans should be allowed to pick the starters for the All-Star game, or do you think that it should be someone else? You go first. You want that? Um, I got no problem with the way they do it now because, what, the fans get 50%. And then the other 50 is what, reporters and whoever else, correct? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Something like that. I believe, I believe that's what it is. I mean, the, the whole point the of stars. the All-Star the, right, the, the, the whole point of the All-Star game is to give people 
the guys they want to watch playing on the same team that they wouldn't normally get to see. That's the whole point of it. So, uh, the only trouble, if you let the fans give too much power, they start making picks that are, you know, to buck the system. Sure. They, they do like wrestling sure. fans. They try to, yeah. they try to take over the, the, the match, right? They did it in hockey yeah. where they voted in, voted in the tough guy. And then the NHL had to right. change rules to the all-star game because of course the guy's, you know, nice guy and all that, but not an all-star. So the 50, 50 thing, let's, let's see who the, uh, who they vote in and let's see who the uh, pros pick for the uh, reserves and look at the team when it's all said and done and see if there's some glaring holes in it. I would imagine it's probably pretty hard because even if there's what, 15 spots, let's say there's more than 15 good points. There's more than 15 good players in each in each conference. I mean, it's not hard to to miss somebody there. Um, well, if people keep going down in the East, you might be seeing uh, Nate, Tim, and Tr lining up. <laughs> yeah. You Tr, what's your against, thoughts on that? Do you, who do I you want out there pick, against Harden? Pick the All Stars. Uh, uh, I'm kind of with Tim. The All Star game since I was a kid was about the. Uh, not necessarily about the best players. In most cases, they happen to be the best players with the Larry Birds and the you know guys like that of my era and Michael Jordans and Magic and what have you. But um, you know, I, it's tough. But you, you got to give the fans what they want to see. If if most of the NBA fans want to see Derrick Rose starting, so be it. Because the guy, you know, there's a reason why they're voting for him. Um, okay, but that's not a total bonehead pick either. No, no, fairly, it's not. It's not left field. Well. Yeah, it's not like oh, I don't know. You know, like you say, they. Uh, I don't know. So throw some guy out there who never, you know, Markel Fultz is a starting point guy <laughs> for this. You know, He's got okay. my vote. Got my vote, well, ladies and gentlemen. Well, see, that's the Trump. That's the whole problem is because if you put exactly. him on the ballot, people would vote for him as a goof. And then the guy makes yeah. the team, and now what? They they would. Yeah. Um, I, I'll say there's, there, there's still a, a segment a, a segment in my area that would vote for him based on what they believe he is without the shoulder injury. But anyway, go ahead, Nate. Um, I'll just say I think that it should be. Uh, I think the all-star game is a privilege for the players to play in. Granted, we, the fans, tune in to watch it, which I'll be honest, I don't watch it. I never watch the all-star game. I think it's boring. Uh, it I, don't like boring. To watch, I don't like to watch dunks and three-pointers all night. I want to watch basketball. I want to see guys moving and trying, and they don't. And I understand why they don't. I love all-star weekend. I just hate the all-star game, if that makes any sense. But um, I'll say this. I think the all-star should be picked like the reserves are picked. I think all the starters – and the reserve should be picked by the players because, to me, this is like basically a performance review for half of the season, and your peers look at you and say, you know what, you deserve this, here you go. I think they're the ones out there that are playing. They're the ones who know what it's like to play, and they know who the real all-stars are, not guys with just padded stats. So I'm going to go with uh, I think the peers should, should vote them in, and the coaches. So that's my that's what I think. But – it's just me. Well, I mean, that, that... Go ahead, Tom. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. Uh, I was just going to... 
The All-Star game and the end of the season, the All-NBA squad, I mean, that's that's kind of your real validation as a player if you're an All-NBA player. All-Star is just, you know, flavor of the day sometimes. But I, I, I get out, I get the points all across the board. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's I, the All-Star game is a popularity contest to some degree. Yeah. You know, I mean, you're going to get one or two guys that are going to be on that team who don't really – deserve to be there, but they're there from previous accomplishments or, I mean, shit, you could pull Michael Jordan out of retirement and he may not do much on the court, but he's going to make the all-star team regardless. People are going to vote for him. Yeah, it's a popularity yeah. contest. Right, because he's Michael Jordan and not necessarily because of his current game. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not picking on LeBron, but LeBron is in that situation a little bit this year. Well, Kobe his... was the same way and you, yeah, you saw it all the time they with Yao Ming. They, well, they put didn't they put um, Magic Johnson in? Yeah, after I mean, he was. I mean, Carl I know why Malone, they did it. But. Carl Malone threw an absolute fit. Wouldn't guard him, and uh, wouldn't. He, he, Magic ended up winning the MVP that year, but you know it's. Uh, <laughs> Well, how do you how do you feel about this idea? I know, like hockey has doesn't play the regular game anymore. They have instead of just two teams, they have, uh, I believe it's six teams, but it's down to three on three. I would be that's, cool with that. I think that would be a, fun. It's a, it's a different sport, but uh, that that well, would. They, they shorten, uh, yeah, they, I may watch. I may watch the NHL the, this year. Uh, they shortened the time up the period. I think the games are like 10 or 12 minutes long, something like that instead of three periods. And it's three on three and it is all out fucking offense. Yeah. So at least I it's like entertaining. That. At least it's entertaining to watch. Now, I don't know if that translates to the basketball game or not, but maybe they need to start looking at some rule changes or something that to do something different to make the game you know, because usually it's what 142 to 139 or some crazy thing yeah, like it's, that. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. something insane. Yeah, and nobody plays any defense because there's not really any reason to, because the game don't really mean anything. And nobody else NHL, hurt. Yeah, the NHL game's got some other thing attached to it too. There's some kind of. I imagine the NBA one has some money attached to it in some yeah. to some degree, but the winner you know, gets something. I forget what it was. Yeah, if you, if you give the players a reason to. To, to show up and do something, they probably will. And in hockey, it's easy to play all time. Like, there's no defense in the NHL All-Star game either, or very rarely. But last year, there was a few hits. Kind of caught some, you know, like uh, a la Pete Rose diving headfirst in the, <laughs> in the home plate in the All-Star game in the baseball there back in the day. Um, Pete Rose is God. Pete Rose <laughs> should be in the Hall of Fame, but that's a that's Damn a whole right other story for a whole other whole right other podcast. But we should do that, uh, Nate. That, that'll be the update. next podcast. Oh, go ahead. Well, actually, quick update here: Harden uh, against the Knicks. James Harden has fifty nine points, fifteen rebounds against the Knicks. The Rockets are up two with nine seconds to go in the game. James so. Harden has fifteen rebounds. Yes, he does. So they were worried about Ennis Cantor dropping bombs in New York, and never mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I, I like that. That was right on the money. Uh, uh, what, was I, 
Got, I was going to say, our, our next podcast will be uh, – oh, no, I lost it. Never mind. Go ahead. Before we, before we get out of here, have you guys heard of, of, of Alonzo Trier, plays for the Knicks? You heard that name? Yes. Yeah. Didn't he just get he, uh, didn't he just get into trouble? Didn't one of his teammates just ring him a new one? Probably, but he just uh I think he's only this is only his third is this only his third game in the league? This guy was undrafted out of the University of Arizona. He's twenty three years old. In this game right now, he has thirty one points and ten rebounds and is sitting at plus nineteen for the Knicks. I wanna so, say I just read something about where he just some one of his teammates just took him to task for not passing the ball. So that kind of maybe with the point. The Knicks lose to the Rockets. Harden has sixty-one and fifteen in the game uh, and a four-point win. So you had to have sixty-one to beat the Knicks by right, four. Uh, Way to go, Jay Hart. Tim Hardaway Jr. was not happy with Alonzo Cheer and yelled at him heading into the Knicks last timeout. So there you go. Um, uh, nothing but nothing but a little family dysfunction on the Knicks. Nothing oh, yeah. There. <laughs> well, guys, let's go ahead and call it an episode. We went a little overtime tonight with our talk. Um, Spurs-Sixers is a close game, so, TR, you may want to catch the end of that one. Three-point ball game in the fourth. Um, we want to thank you guys for listening in to uh, Wide Man Can't Jump. This is episode 63. Thanks to our sponsors, the law offices of Stephen P. New. And cambay.com, where if you use promo code WIDEMEN, you get 20 uh, credits with your uh, on the purchase page there. So you want to make sure you get there. 20 free credits, and don't miss out on that. Go to cambay.com. So, uh, Again, and, and this is not college, folks, so 20 credits will get you finished. <laughs> I can't say it better than that, ladies and gentlemen. I think oh, that, that just summed it up right that there. That was well done. Hats off to Tom Robinson on that. Yes, uh, Tom Robinson wins, ladies and gentlemen. So, thanks again for listening in. Thanks to our sponsors. You can check us out on iTunes, Podcast Static, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, and at WideMenCan'tJump.com, where there will be a new article going up this week. I swear to God, I'm putting it up this week. If it kills me, I will have it up by Saturday. The greatest Royal Rumbles ranked from worst to best uh, by me. When is right. the when is the Royal Rumble special now, Nate? The Royal Rumble special will be released tomorrow, sometime tomorrow. The Rumble special Uh, will make an appearance with appearances by Dan the Beast Severin, Henry O'Godwin, Headbanger Thrasher, Joe Pisapia from the In This Ring podcast, and more. Make sure you tune in as we talk all things Royal Rumbles and hear a hilarious story from Dan Severin about what happens when the Rumble almost became a shoot. So if you're a wrestling fan, you ain't going to want to miss that. Tim and I I will be hosting that one. I do a 10-minute episode on why number 13 is the worst number in Rumble history. (laughs) So, guys, thanks for listening in out there. we talk to you next week as we talk about All-Star Reserves and much, much more. For Tim, I'm Nate. TR, send us home. Can you do that one more time? Because that was really staticky. There it is. Thanks for listening to this show on the Wide Men Radio Network, blogtalkradio.com slash wide men can't jump. You can download this and any other episode from our network at iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Pod Paradise, 
Google Play, Player FM, and anywhere you find your favorite podcast. This show has been brought to you by the Law Offices of Stephen P. New at newlawoffice.com, facebook.com slash makeupkennedy, and wowfreecam.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at WideJump. You can follow us on Instagram at WideMenCan'tJump and on Facebook at facebook.com slash WideMenCan'tJump. Please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Also, rate the show and tell us how we did. If you love us, please give us a five-star rating. Again, thanks for listening to this episode on the Wide Men Radio Network. Tune in, same time, same place, for the Wide Men Radio Network at blogtalkradio.com slash Wide Men Can't Jump. <laughs>